0: Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. This month, celebrating one year of being the official sponsor of the DVR Podcast Network. Thank you, Cufflinks. Go to Cufflinks.com all November. Use code Disney Plus to save 20% off. Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. Elevate your style when you walk out in the morning. Look good. Feel good. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use that code Disney+. Plus. Also use our code DVR20. Save 20% off your order anytime, no minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR (laughs) today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Watchmen. My name is Axel, and my co-host today and every Wednesday is Aaron Otto. Today we'll be giving you our analysis and theories about Watchmen Season 1, Episode 6, entitled This Extraordinary Being. Directed by Stephen Williams and written by Cord Jefferson and Damon Lindelof. You can send us feedback to DVRpodcast at gmail.com. And if you do, you'll be entered into our Cufflinks contest, and you'll you could win a Marvel, Star Wars, or Disney prize at the end of the season. So send us an email. We got some you got some great emails already for our show with Roberto later this week. Also, check out our website, DVRPodcast.com. I want to thank Elena, our newest patron. We're going for our 30-50 A goal here, 30 patrons, 50 iTunes reviews. So I want to thank Elena. I want to thank John. I want to thank Tay. We're up to 26. And for the iTunes reviews, we didn't get a new one since I recorded eight hours ago with (laughs) Justin and Hacks. But who knows? Maybe we will soon. Um, I do want to thank, uh, who was it? Uh, Terry, I believe, was uh, the gentleman's name that gave us a review uh just recently so thank you to them too and now we're going to talk about Kim Aaron before we start the show <laughs> i had sent you an email i believe you had a chance to read it uh from Kim who talked when we talked about going to Rutgers remember that email i sent you and she went to I Rutgers do. too yeah Pretty awesome. Now, guess what? She followed up and she said that at the top, for most of the time that we were living in Jersey city, she was living in Hoboken.
1: That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Small world, man. Rutgers and New York city area. Yep. So
0: shout out to Kim who took the same path as Aaron and I, and I think a lot of people who went to Rutgers, you know, you go to a state school and then you move to the big city. Uh, so that's awesome. So it's so cool that she reached out and said that. So hello, Kim. Thanks for the email. Let's get into the episode. What an episode, Aaron. Last night I talked for about 14 hours with hacks, dogma and Justin, um, so yeah, I know it was a long podcast. I slept for about four hours last night. We're recording early because of the holiday, but we are going to release this Wednesday. So as everyone maybe is traveling to their Thanksgiving destinations, if you are in the States, I know Aaron's going to be traveling. Uh, where are you going, Aaron? Chili Philly, right?
1: I'm going to Philadelphia. We're getting Airbnb with my mom. Uh, I was coming in from New York city. And, uh, so it'll be, it'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. It's been about five years since I've been. That's nice.
0: That's awesome. So then Kim's going to write us and tell us that she spent five years in Philly after Hoboken.
1: Like me. What about, or in Portland? So what about you?
0: Uh, oh, uh, we're just doing a little family thing, staying in the homestead and having, having a good time with the in-laws and all that, you know, nothing big family. It's what it's about. Some family, some football, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Maybe I'll even uh, release a little special Patreon holiday podcast that I like to do on the drive over. Uh, it gives me nice. something to do while we're driving. But um, <laughs> let's talk about this awesome episode, this extraordinary being. Um, we saw so much of Will. I want to hear about – what I mean, we had a lot of thoughts. I think many people did that Will was hooded justice. But I think the way – that was like kind of even – I was like, okay, that's cool because it was how it was explained which was so awesome.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um the yeah, the the how it I mean, I guess the how it happened um was very I think we had figured that one out uh, you know, for you know, give or take a little bit. Um that it was based off the character in the movie that he was watching, um, mm-hmm. as a kid. And apparently I did know that he had watched it a lot and that it was, you know, uh, his favorite movie or favorite character. So that was really cool. And, um, I really enjoyed, uh, just, I really enjoyed the, uh, the way that they did it. Like you said, how he became what it just the, who, who he was and what he realized that he was actually angry, um, and that he was, and that he needed to, he needed an outlet for that anger and he felt, and felt a need to give justice to the people, you know, and that's really che- cheesy, but he just, um, you know, he wasn't obviously able to give justice living in the racist uh, environment that he was living in. Um, so uh, with the help of June um he and i guess uh captain metropolis and uh you know in a more minor way but he was significant too um he became he became Hooded justice he and it was it was it was a it was a, tra- it was a tra- even though it was one episode i felt like they did it in a great way like they it was a slow transformation but they did it in a way that it didn't feel slow yeah you know and um it it yeah, it felt like it was like right in your face. You had the information, but it was it. It really came out in a in a, in a great narrative way, um, where it just kind of slowed it down, and you understood how he could become. Like he seemed just like he wanted to help people, and that's he was just had this. You know, he's just a nice guy when he was a cop, right? And then you know, it seemed like he was almost a little aw shucks. Not really, but he. Mm. I mean, he had to navigate that racist you know, the racist police force and the fact that there's only one other black cop there. Right. So, um, that was really difficult. And, uh, he, I mean, he basically, um, he realized that he, that's not who he was and that he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to be able to, um, I don't know, I'm kind of Kind of just going on there, but I just loved the episode and um, I loved how it was like a, a dreamlike sequence. Even though we looking into Will's memories, it was done in a way that felt very dreamlike. And like there are different parts and different scenes that kind of mixed and blended in together. And the time, uh, you know, snapses um that we saw with his son, you know, in the apartment and his wife, you know, how like, there's like, I don't know, maybe a minute there where we saw him grow up and then he put on the white face, which is a whole nother thing.
0: Um, But I just, they did an awesome job of um, using that dream logic that we all inherently kind of understand as human beings. For instance, the way the door to the police station was just in the middle of the street. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes. I love that. That was great. Which is what happens when he was going to the uh, newsstand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Because when you're dreaming, you just appear somewhere and then you're somewhere else. Right. And you just, things just happen because you're just kind of getting to the meat of it. Or it's also in this, in the way that you remember things, you know, in a dream. And I love the way that the memories work like that. And that sequence you're talking about, which was, Probably the most straight-up montage part, even that was done so quickly. And the way that the time changed with the camera movement and the editing, too, as well as, of course, doing the motion, doing the action in the frame on the screen. So yeah. much of this was on the screen, the actors bringing us back and forth, you know? rather than like really noticing the special effects. So that was really wonderful. I like something that you said, which was about Will's personality. Um yeah. And I think that that is something that really seeped into you in this. The the conversation that he had with June when she's like, I know you, you're angry, you're angry. And mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not angry, you're angry, you're angry. She, How could you not be? From what you saw, right? yeah, yeah. And, and and also when we find out who she is, yeah, that she's the little girl that it was her parents that were in the front seat, right? That were driving the truck, and yeah. they they were like they were both a result of that massacre. Their lives were changed, and they had to. It seems like they had to raise each other. They became right. lovers. But it seems as though they became lovers out of necessity and out of also his inability to perhaps connect with other people, not only because of his own personality and just him being him, you know, he did seem like a rather shy person, right? Yeah, He seemed like a reserved person, whether these – qualities were as a result of the racist society he was living in his homosexuality which he had to grapple with and no one knew but him you know um right we don't that's what makes a person but the way that you were so right into who this guy was was amazing now do you remember who that actor is
1: uh, you mean what who the name of the actor no is? what
0: he, what other show he was in'
1: Because mm. I figured it out today i no i don 't actually the leftovers oh is he the- is he the young kid yeah is he the kid yeah he's uh he's uh angela's uh son right yeah I mean, uh, Regina King's son yeah, in that he show. Yeah, he played Regina
0: King's son on The Leftovers. Yeah. Okay, that
1: makes I remember, sense. I like, remember, I was like... I preacher, yes. Yeah, I yeah. felt
0: like immediately, I felt like I knew him, you know? And it yeah. was like, oh, okay, he's from The Leftovers. I was saying it last night, I couldn't quite place it. But yes. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a good catch, man. Good one. Yeah. yeah,
0: so that's, I mean, he did a really fantastic like yeah. job. He really has, as an actor, he really has a way of delivering the dialogue, which brings you like closer to the screen to hear him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's some actors who are quiet and it's almost, it it can be a little bit annoying or showy, but it felt like when he spoke, I was drawn to what he was saying. And I remember feeling that way in the leftovers too, that just like everything he said, it was like, he thought about it. Yeah. It was very
1: powerful. But yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it was that's uh, it, it was interesting the way they built up his personality uh, throughout the like you say it was a really even though you knew what was happening right yeah because it was an unconventional methodology of editing and storytelling but it really was a traditional narrative we were just yes. watching his life progress pretty much yeah, in order that's true. so.
1: Yeah, it's just the way that it was done and the time given was really amazing. And it just felt authentic. Totally. Um, Felt very, like, that was that's like up there with Dr. Manhattan, you know? I mean, obviously, they're different mediums or whatever, but in terms of origin story, that's, like, right up there. And it's kind of cool that Damon, you know, actually took this because I've always, I mean, if you're a Watchmen lover, you always wanted to know the origin stories, you know, more depth of, you know, who these people were. And, yes, he remixed it to a degree and, but he gave it a lot more depth. And I think, uh, I, I think, Alan, I think it's right in, right in vein of what Alan Moore was setting out to do. I really do. I mean, he was, uh, he, he saw that our society was very, uh, based on white supremacy and, you know, I mean, and he saw the, uh, the anti-hero and, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel that what Damon Lindelof here is an achievement and it's, um, you know, it's definitely in the vein of what Watchmen should be.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes total sense because when you read the original comic, Hooded Justice is shrouded in so much mystery. Um, And even the clothes that he wears, the explanation never Mm -hmm. quite made sense to me, you know? And as soon as this show began, I mean, we were saying it in episode one and Roberto and I too – like, I mean, the guy has a noose around his neck and rope around his wrists yep. and what looks like a, um, an offshoot, a different version of a KKK outfit of a, you know, like the grand wizard, you know? Um, and it just makes me think, I know that. Alan Moore doesn't have anything to do with the show and supposedly Damon Lindelof hasn't spoken to him about it or anything. But it it just fits – there's no – they didn't need to stretch anything. Like it perfectly fits. It does. It does. You know what I mean? It's insane. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like uh, like Alan Moore wrote him a note and said, hey, this is the real – this is exactly what I was thinking when I created this character. Yeah. Here you go. And then they added all the depth to it and like the white face part and all that, yeah. which is, you know, just wow. so amazing. It um is. I just, you know, it, it was really, it just, it it there was no, it's interesting. I was looking around on the internet today and seeing how people took this episode and mm-hmm. – I didn't see any negative comments at all. And I've been seeing people kind of nitpicking a lot of things, but I think it was because this is like a case where it fits perfectly. And when we talked originally um the beginning of the season, even before what remix was going to mean, I think we knew exactly what it was, right? Like he's not – he's trying to expand upon what was already there yeah. not not fit it into his narrative exactly yes yes which which was amazing let's talk about that opening scene um okay. first off i wanted to say that as soon as it started and that cop was sitting there and he was like could it just it right like talking to him like that mm-hmm. i just had to say man They really missed out. They should have cast Heath solo in that. (laughs) I I I swear to God, as soon as that guy opened his mouth, I just immediately in my mind, that was Heath. And I was imagining Heath doing the lines. And maybe in a later podcast, I'm going to get Heath to do those lines just to prove that he could have done it better. And I think it would have been a lot more fun if Solo was in that episode. Yeah. yeah. It would have been great. But um, this was really interesting, this whole thing about him having sex with J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, Captain Metropolis and cheating on him and taking pictures. Yeah. And um, what did you think about all of that?
1: I mean, it just sounds like a bunch of fiction. I mean, it, there had there were some, I guess – Uh, I mean, they obviously extrapolated that Captain Metropolis and Hooded Justice had a relationship. So I'm guessing that Captain Metropolis uh, gave that information to some degree. I I don't really know. I, I felt like this was, okay, the purpose of this was to give us what society or what the legend was about Hooded Justice And then we see who he really is. Like to me, like none of this really matters that much. I mean, I don't. That's the way I see it. Mm. Um, But in terms of the overall narrative arc, but I do, I do feel like this is like the legend of Hooded Justice from you know from how everybody else kind of sees it.
0: Yeah, I think I mean it's a whitewashing, right? They just they make him this handsome, incredibly handsome, white, tall, dark, and handsome white guy. Yeah, you know, um, it is. and of course he he's victorious. He beats up the cops. You know, um, there's that line, right. <laughs> where, yeah, where the cop says, "No one knows we're even here."
1: <laughs> yeah, so and I bad. was like,
0: okay, he's killing them. Um, this isn't good. who cares. He's going to let them take his picture just so he can beat them up. You know, um, yeah, to show them, and that was interesting to me too, the way that. The um, the real hooded justice, Will, could never take off. He couldn't even show – he had to double hide himself, right? Yeah. And yeah. this guy has the privilege of, okay, I'm going to – and the way they show it in the show, the strength and power that he has, I'm going to show them my face and then I'm going to kick their asses. Uh-huh. You know? Um, yeah. And Will never gets to do that. Uh, I thought that that was kind of interesting as it went on. Um, Really great casting throughout the show too. I mean, that was great. Uh, That actor, I think um, he is – he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he has that typical Superman look to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) And I do love the way they mix in the alternate history with J. Edgar Hoover. Absolutely. And all that kind of stuff, the conspiracy things that – are are present within it and i think you're right it's just a it's just a whitewashed pop culture mass audience um way of kind of showing who he was and it's almost like they add the gay part just so they can exploit that for more clicks right and yes, more. Yes. It's not. It's not done in a way to show. Oh, okay. He was a. He's an out gay man, or he's a. He. You know. He's a gay man who was a hero. It wasn't about that. It was. It was salacious. It was just sex. Yeah. Right. Like he wasn't in love with Captain Metropolis as we see he was. He just was fucking him. Right. That's right. That's, that's what right. it was about. Because that's what you boil down homosexuality too, right in that it's not about love. They're not real people. They don't have feelings, emotions. It's just sex, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And the way they do that here too, with the pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, you had in your notes, why does he say cheese at the end of the, ep- at the end yeah, of the scene? Maybe
1: it's a reference to something I missed, but, no, yeah, but-
0: you just missed, yeah. they said, smile for the camera, say cheese. And then he kicked the uh- shit out of them.
1: Oh, okay. And that. then at okay. the end, he said cheese. I thought it was some kind
0: of, uh, you know, okay. but yeah, it was, it was very, stuff. it did kind of, he was kind of describing the show.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was thinking too. I was like, what the fuck is this cheese? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. cheesy. It's so fucking
0: cheesy. Yeah. You know, yeah. American cheese processed uh-huh. to perfection. You know, it's not even really yellow, (laughs) Uh, but I like that they started with that um, because it just grounds us in the idea that, you know, so much of American history, so much of all history is written by the victors and also is not the truth. You know, it's put into an easily digestible pill called nostalgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was yeah, a, it good. was a great way to start it out, and 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 I like the way it's it went from Watchmen to Minutemen, mm-hmm. like the logo just just kind of changed like that. They've been doing such interesting things with the logo. You know, Damon loves anytime he can do anything, any little weird stuff. Yeah. You know. I'm surprised there like hasn't to. been an extra scene. Put in, but that's that's kind of cheesy by now. The way Marvel has made that, like, remember before the Marvel movies, there were like five movies in existence that had like stingers in the credits that weren't like goofs and stuff. And now it's like every dumb movie. Every movie,
1: yep, yep.
0: You have to wait. Did you see the stinger? Oh my god, Captain Whatever. And I think that's a little bit you know, the way that they showed this too. somebody had said in a group that they felt that this was very Ryan Murphy okay. Um, who I, I mean, I love that guy. I think he's done great stuff. I kind of felt it was, but I really felt that a lot of the blood and a lot of the scenes that they show um, or the way that they, you know, the, and especially with the blood and everything that they show in this is really more just kind of, a satirical way of expressing the way that superhero movies in general have been done. I don't think it's necessarily a total spoof on the movie Watchmen. Um, I just think it's kind of a spoof on all soup. It's, you know, it's almost, it's it's got a little Batman in it. It's got a little, you know, sure. Like, I think it's kind of cool like that. Um, was there anything else you want to talk about the American hero story?
1: Oh no no we can quickly move along all right get to the the
0: heart of the matter let's move let's let's talk about Angela
1: all right so uh all right let's talk about okay what so what are the reasons you might as well get into the story of uh her grandfather what is a he gives her he wants her to find the pills he wants her to find out about these memories right he wants her to experience this he so uh, my thing is, how does he know he's going to, she's going to take them? Um, Like what, like, how, do, how, how does he know that she, he, like, it's almost like he knows that she's going to do this almost like in a way that he's going to either predict the future or that he feels that he knows Angela so well, but it's very odd to me. I don't know if anybody's talking about this at all, but I feel that.
0: I'm why, glad you why brought this he... up. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> that you ahead. brought it up. Okay. I agree with you. I really do agree with you. I think that it's um you know, generally everything that Damon writes is is he really thinks about would someone actually do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people eat a lot and lost. <laughs> right? Like people yeah. go to the bathroom. They say I got to go take a leak. They there's always so Going from those are my pills, I need my pills, to leaving the pills in the glove compartment, right, to finding out what the pills are, to whole hog, putting them all in your mouth at once, Uh or even taking one of them, is not a natural conclusion. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
1: especially for being a cop who doesn't do that type of thing. Yes,
0: exactly. Great point. Exactly. Like you would think, Angela would be the last person that was going to take one of those pills.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's my point.
0: So it. I. I like the way you're now. This could be just a narrative, and he figured maybe she would have the pills tested or something, or um, and then maybe. But then still, why would she take them? They hadn't. They, I, I think that you're right. I think in a way, it, if this is just a narrative device and we get to the end of the season and there's no further kind of way that we can work our heads around it, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not going to get too upset. But I think you're right in the sense that it does perhaps signal knowing the future.
1: And then she ends up and... In- with lady true right like you know i mean that they had to have known I, I just feel like lady true and him knew that what the events were going to be or knew what the path was going to be once the pills were laid out and then they were ready to come and grab her up which i don't know how she got into that room with lady true which is very weird because she was in a prison cell right so
0: yeah, I That's, guess unless,
1: Well let's say it went a lady true, let's say went there because that was the best place to go, um, because they're the ones that actually manufactured yeah. it to actually save her. It could be.
0: Well, so we see her we see her in the cell before it takes hold. When Lori mm-hmm. is telling her we want to pump your stomach, right? Sign yeah. this order. Then she goes into the trip. Then when Hooded Justice goes out the window, right? Instead mm-hmm. of the guy going out the window when we saw the same scene, because I think it was kind of cool the way that's the same scene. Uh, but we'll get to that. But um, when she gets frozen out the window, then she sees Lori again and she sees her husband. That's right. Right? She sees Cal. He says, my name is Calvin. I'm your husband. We met in Saigon. And ni- you know, you were born there in 1976, we, blah, blah, blah. Then she fades back into it. Then we don't see her again outside of it until she's with Lady True. So the fact that they brought Calvin into it and she's in this coma, I think that it is totally believable that they would then say, well, hey, guess who lives in town? The lady who made these things. (laughs) it's not like they're in Jersey and they're like, Hey, we better go to Oklahoma, you know, to talk to lady true. No, she's like two miles away.
1: But They could have also known, but lady true could have also known that that outcome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, and that could have been the plan all the way, but to to create Mm -hmm. those series of events that would lead to Angela taking the pills does seem a bit, Unbelievable. Yeah, it does. You know, but then again, we are talking about a show based on a comic where a man we now know not only dropped a squid bomb, but was in, smart enough to maneuver Robert Redford into the presidency and then be able to talk about it in a video that was shot seven years before it happened or yeah, I think about a little bit. Yeah. Maybe about that time. Yeah. So that shows you that in universe, these, these type, this type of intelligence is existing, but yeah. I still think you'd probably have to know, but I'm glad you said that though, because that's, that's the crazy thing is so much happens in the show when you kind of slow it down and actually look step by step, yeah, at like the real mystery, what's going on, you know that it kind of makes it a little bit more interesting, and that's where they're gonna get us in the next couple of episodes, and we're gonna go, oh my God, right like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> why didn't we notice that <laughs> you know
1: yeah, I do um they're they're are- so her grandfather wanted her to see who he was yeah. and so he gave her the pills and I, I don't think you can actually extract the memories in like in a in a like kind of reverse way, engineering way. I don't think that would be possible, but I mean I guess you could explain it that way. I don't know. I mean I I just think there's there's gotta be a better explanation of that. And I guess we'll see. I guess we shall. Where are we at? Uh, so did you want to go farther into what the nostalgia is, or you actually kind of went over that in your IR podcast?
0: Yeah, we talked a bit about, about, um, the pills and we had talked about that last week too, when they released the, I think, you know, it's a good, these PDPedia articles I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing are a lot of times kind of telling you more about what's coming than what the last episode was and all the nostalgia stuff, the way you shouldn't take someone else. You could have this reaction, blah, blah. They're harvested from your own memories. And the way that it's explained by Lori was kind of cool too, that they put little chips in your brain that like Uh soak up the memories and then they put it in a pill form. So I wonder if there's any lasting results of that. You know, that's one thing is that yeah, in like, the ads, like they,
1: flashbacks, yeah, flashbacks,
0: <laughs> or yeah. um, perhaps there's kind it, of
1: what's it, somebody else's memories. So you would think that would be like you don't belong there or something like, yeah. A, like a, even your
0: kinda, DNA could be changed in some way yeah. or, you know, yeah. your brain, like you process things differently, or maybe you become more connected to the person. If you take their nostalgia, um, kind of the way in which you're saying, how could they know Angela was going to take the pills? Well, maybe it's because she took them, Yeah, you know, like if we're thinking in kind of time travel, methodology and information be having no time, right. The past, present, and the future being one, she took the pills. So will, because that connection was formed, knows that she took, she was going to take them even before she took them.
1: Okay. So here's the thing. And I don't mean to cut it off, but what, why do, uh, why does he want her to understand who he is? And why what's you know considering that some big earth shattering event is about to happen and a, a lot of people or maybe everybody's going to be affected about by it according to lady true and him um why is angela so important
0: like That's a good and why
1: and and then Ke- senator keen as well again it would have to something like future like she's just a regular cop Why would senator Keene like you know want her off the board right for a couple days
0: like yeah I, I i i like that aaron i think that's right getting back into like the main plot points he said that she was gonna see a betrayal which was him killing judd right yeah um but Perhaps it was also seeing him kind of break bad as he did and turn Mm -hmm. into not a hero, but an Avenger, a Revenger, and and looking to murder, um, not bring people to justice. I mean, don't forget, he became Hooded Justice based on Will Reeves, and he said, there will be no mob justice today. That's right. And that's exactly mob justice is exactly what he dealt out when he killed all the uh the clansmen and burned their bodies and then took their yeah. weapon to use against them. That's right. That that ain't the law. No, it's not. Right? So she that's a way that he kind of betrayed her as well because Angela very much believes in the law so much to the point that she didn't even want the cops to bring out guns against the cavalry after the cavalry shot up one of her fellow officers.
1: That's right, shot her too, right? And yes, and
0: Almost they had shot her. her previously too and she didn't carry yeah. that revenge around with her. No. She still wanted to bring people to I mean, she still beat the shit out of them at their hideout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and was still, you know, violent but it seemed as though she still had somewhat of a code,
1: right? Yeah, it was more controlled.
0: Yeah. Know. She was more like Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And a little bit less like, uh, I don't know, Deadpool or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. Goes around killing people. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting in that respect. But yeah, why does he want her to know what part does she play in – like let's put it this way if something's going to happen in a couple days and we know keen said something's going to happen right and yep. and the Calvary's planning on something we know the millennium clock is going to premiere or open or do whatever in a couple days that lady true and and talked about and then we know also that simultaneous with the millennium clock is the secret plan. Like the public knows the millennium clock is going to be a big celebration, right? That's public. But what they don't know is that both sides here, both the Calvary and true and will have something else planned to coincide with that. And yeah. what part does Angela play in that for Keen? I think getting her out of the way, it is enough just that how much she was into it. You know, he knew enough about was go, what was going on through Lori and everything that Angela was not letting this go. Yeah. So that, yeah. that satisfies me for Keen. Why will wants her to know before it happens Maybe so she makes a. Maybe he's trying to push her to break bad like he did. Maybe whatever event he and True are doing is going to be violent and a lot of people are going to die. And he suffer, wants, yeah. He, yeah, he wants Angela to understand where he's coming from. Yeah. That's the only it's- thing I can really think of.
1: Didn't they, didn't they make a reference to like, I think lady true said to him that your family, her family won't understand or something.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. So, and, and yeah, we talked about that, that there, that there would be a, well, will made reference to this could separate her family in some way. Um, yeah. you know, to and, and yeah. I think it goes back to maybe who Cal is, or I don't, I'm, I don't now think that she's a clone or anything, and and I'm not so sure that – I don't think that her father um, had anything to do with being a masked hero or anything because it seems like uh, June took her father and skedaddled back to Tulsa.
1: Yeah, I loved how I kind of wrapped up that that story, and you found out what happened. So it was good. Yeah, it was I a really good story. Talk.
0: The more I thought about the episode today, I was thinking I would have I would have liked a little, maybe one more scene with Will and June to kind of maybe get a little bit more understanding of their relationship. I mean, I can kind of understand it as we've spoken it through, and I think there'd be no doubt that she knew that he was gay. Yeah. Um, Or maybe perhaps at that time, she didn't quite understand that he was gay, but maybe she knew he also liked men. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or maybe didn't quite understand, but they had that part in the bed where he didn't really seem that interested, you know? That's um, true. But I would have liked to seen delved a little bit more into their relationship because I love that actress. Yeah. She's so interesting looking too. Her eyes were so big. It was like they were like captivating. As soon as she was in that front row when he was getting becoming a cop, I knew immediately that was, you know, someone close to him and she just mm-hmm. stood out. That's great casting.
1: Yeah. And she uh, was—it was cool that it was a little girl. We knew that she would play a role. We just didn't know what it was. And I'm glad we found out.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't anything crazy. She was a little girl. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. We always have crazy theories, and when they don't work out, we keep it moving. It's fun. It's fun to extrapolate. But in the and it's always better. They, you know, Damon always does us better because she was more interesting as a human being. Taking a little break, of course, to tell you about our sponsor, CuffLinks.com. You know, it's just looking over at CuffLinks and checking out their new stuff. Every time there's a new Disney movie, Star Wars, Marvel, they've got new stuff. And use that code Disney Plus to save 20% off your order all November long. Go to CuffLinks.com slash DVR. Elevate your style when you step out in the morning. Look good and feel good. Go to CuffLinks.com slash DVR today. I just want to thank you all for downloading and listening. And I do want to tell you that you can help support us by going to patreon.com slash DVR. If you're a fan of our podcast, you can get everything we do on your own RSS feed. You put it right into your app and you get it. All the podcasts ad free. You get old lost mythos theory cast episode, the film list. Man, we got tons of special episodes that we're always doing and throwing on the uh, Patreon. So help support us. Go to patreon.com slash DVR today and become a patron for as little as like, what, three bucks a month, and you'll get like seven podcasts a week. That's a pretty good deal. Go to patreon.com slash DVR today. Do you want to talk a little bit, Uh go into a little bit more of the kind of his story and... Becoming hooded justice, we talked a good amount about that.
1: Yeah, we did. I mean, I guess the the main thing I want to uh, talk about is the Cyclops
0: stuff. Let's do it.
1: All right. So, I mean, this is uh, we saw the symbol of the Cyclops in the last episode when Looking uh, Glass went into the warehouse, and it was uh, a big symbol of it on the wall. So you have to think it was we thought it was linked with you know, the KKK or Seventh Calvary. Um, and then we see, um, obviously, uh, the cop is, um, the, the other cop that puts a badge on, uh, will, um, at the coronation, he, um, he says, he tell, he whispers to beware of the Cyclops. So then the next time we,
0: can I make, um, one, can I say one thing uh, about that? Sure. Um, couldn't it be me maybe not told him in front of all the members of the Cyclops organization?
1: It was weird. Right. Yeah.
0: But, I know, but it was like dreamlike, you know what yeah, I mean? That's what, so, I,
1: that's what I thought it was. Yeah. I didn't think it was a direct representation, yes. but that it was probably pulled off to the side. You know, it was, it was just like, he, he probably was like giving it on the side, you know, by himself. I
0: think that that throughout this, there are little things like that right? Yeah. That yeah, are, that are you could tell it's in association of events. Yes. But I thought that was kind of funny though, that he's like, as he's putting it on, beware of the Cyclops. Uh, I know, The other guy's standing like a, two feet away from him.
1: Yeah. And it, it was very trip, trip-like is really um, almost psychedelic in a way. But I liked, uh, so then we, um, so then the next time we see it and maybe I don't, I'm missing one, but I thought of the next time was, was it on the book or is it the warehouse?
0: Yes. Um,
1: Yeah. It was on a book at the warehouse and uh, I guess he followed uh, a couple of people there, cops. And um, that's, so I I don't know. Uh, My thoughts were that it's like some part of uh, like a Freemason. Society, you know what I mean, with the big eye or whatever. Um, it's almost like a spinoff of that, right? Yeah. Where, I mean, it's obviously not the Freemasons. I mean, it's, it's much different, but it's almost like some underground organization that um, of uh, old power that has uh, been running stuff maybe even longer than the, the KKK has been around. We don't know how long this has been going on, but we see a couple different iterations. Of um, you know, used throughout the generations from the KKK until the present, with the Seventh Calvary, that this uh, symbol is prominent. Um, but it does make me think that there is something else involved, and it's not just um, white power, you know, and some symbol of hate. You know, I, I don't see it as that. What about you?
0: Um, I I I think that is the guise through which they operate and uh-huh. i think you're right i think that there's a couple of different things going on here i think that it is um symbolic of conspiracies again the show is loves conspiracies as the comic did but also of the truth of as we talk about Amer- the the birth of our nation right yeah, There was a movie called Birth of a Nation, which we've talked about on the show is, before. Which
1: is part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, part of those TV shows. Ep- actually, this episode it has relevance.
0: Yep. And, um, you know, is a white power, white supremacy movement has been a part of America since the inception. It is baked in. And it's not a conspiracy. It's the truth, right? Yeah. But things are presented as conspiracy, I guess, again, to be easily digestible, like nostalgia. Um, but it, it masks what they really are and what our experience really is. And like we've talked about, you know, people – that is not something you can actually question that's not up for debate. That's the truth. Now we need to deal with it and move forward. And it's those who just can't accept that truth um, for whatever reason that keep that going, right? So whether or not the Cyclops are like their foundational statement, like if you found their book, the first thing would say – White supremacy rules, man. You know, (laughs) would it say that, or would it say we must dominate over the world because we know best? Right. Yeah. And the white power is how they moved it through America because it's baked in. Regardless, it's the same result. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So,
1: divide and conquer, baby
0: it doesn't it, it's that it, that that's the conundrum the 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 result of the effect on the human beings is the same it's horrific right and it's in in unjust uh so i think that when you kind of dive down into that rabbit hole that's where i end up um it's representational of that but it's representational of both things are conspiracies and the truth. Um, and also, I mean, we've heard plenty of stories. It's like you say, the Freemasons, the Illiterate, Pizzagate, or whatever. I mean, everybody, you know? Whatever conspiracy you well, it's true. It's it's I really don't, the don't, same don't. shit. Yeah. Whatever yeah, you think is, you know, secretly going on and no, and only you know the truth. You know, and that's more important than something that is like, look, this is the truth. (laughs) This is what happened. This is not a, there's there's no conspiracy that America was formed with white supremacy baked in. That's not a conspiracy. That's history, you know, and it's how you deal with it. Um, That is the result of how people feel it. And when you're truthful about it. And you can talk about it and be open about it and learn about it and talk to other people and see how they feel about it. It's the journey, not the destination. So um, that's why I think it's cool that the show is making this a part of it without – there was no heavy-handedness in this episode that I felt. Yeah. You know? Maybe some of the lines from the cops – were stereotypical, right? Um, but that's yeah. that, That's that, also true, but it's that's like truth.
1: a Three mic sequence too. Yes, you know? so exactly. So it's almost like you're going to see actually what they're saying instead of them saying it in in the memories you're, bubbles. You're saying, yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah, I get you so. right. So I I just feel it was that was like the that was a real thing that stuck with me and that I and everything and it made me think about. Other conspiracies. It made me think about, like, you know, the alien lizards, and right, people think that there's are lizard people, this or beat. like uh, chariots <laughs> of the gods, right? The uh-huh. Egyptian aliens, and oh yeah, you know that this that stuff. Well, there's a little bit of that in Watchmen too, mm-hmm. with Veit, right? How he's yep. obsessed with Alexander the Great and the Egyptians, and. And, you know, there are conspiracies that people believe that they do believe go back to the beginning of, the, of civilization. Absolutely. Right? That the same yeah. people have been in power since the first 300 people got into a room and decided to make a town. You know what I mean? Like the (laughs) descendants of those original people are still telling us what to do. (laughs) And when you believe that conspiracy, right, it blocks you from seeing the truth because life is a conspiracy. You know, conspiracies, of course, they exist, they're called yep. the government and business and but marriage.
1: Anyway. <laughs> and yeah, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what a conspiracy is. So, yeah. you know, it's unspoken in some ways, but I find that um, – I'm glad we talked about that because I thought that that was – the symbol is – it does key into a lot of different eye of Ra, right? The dollar mm-hmm. bill, the blah, the all-knowing eye. Eye of Sauron, even it reminds me of right
1: of uh, the squid,
0: the yeah, mighty the squid. squid. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I think that it's purposeful that it borrows. It's like from a lot of things to become something recognizable. You know, it's yeah, like also. How, oh, go ahead.
1: Also, Greek mythology too, right? That's where Cyclops yeah. comes from. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, man. There are people who tell who will tell you the Greeks are still controlling.
1: us.
0: It's a conspiracy <laughs> of around. centuries.
1: Uh huh. That's interesting. Yeah, and they just change religions uh, with the times. So yes.
0: Excuse me while I religions. watch my local news and get the truth. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's the. truth. Um, um, so uh, yeah, that that was the whole his whole journey. Um what did you oh oh we were gonna talk a little bit about okay, we were talking more about Cyclops and oh mesmerizing. Mesmerism. Yeah.
1: yeah, let's talk about that. Um so we saw the book of uh called Mesmerism, and I guess it had the Cyclops eye on it, right? Yeah. So uh I guess after Bill Kills them all takes the projector the um with the technology to mesmerize, um you're assuming that he um well it's really let's let's talk about what they used it for, which is pretty pretty sick. Um, is that they showed it in a movie theater and then black people basically killed each other, right? They interviewed that one woman and she said, I don't know, I just got uncontrollable urges to, I guess, inflict violence, it seemed like was the gist of it. Um, and then it was done and a lot of people were dead, obviously, or hurt. Mm. And um so that That's, uh, it was kind of, uh, messed up, like, you know, the starting like just the idea of the whole black on black violence, uh, in our society, current society. And, you know, almost saying like, here's a reason for it or, uh, just, you know, just, but I think it's more important than to just bring it up in the discussion. And, um, we do, we do have to, the, the white power is responsible for a lot of black on black violence. There's no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, I, th- I thought that was a really powerful point that um, this whole thing made, and it's hard to talk about, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff, you know, openly, because they're afraid of getting scorned or whatever, um, just being honest about it, it's just this, I mean, the uh, that, that is the history of our country and um, white power is responsible for some of the damage that has been done. Uh, a lot of the damage that has been done in the black community and other communities, the indigenous American Dude, Indian communities. You see
0: it, ev- it's indicative. It's just everything. It's yeah. everywhere. It's throughout history in yeah. every country and every culture, yeah. sure. but definitely in ours. Make no mistake about it. And I think that that, that idea that they didn't. They didn't make a movie that said, "Do what the white people tell you. Be a nice person to to white people, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't you know? Don't make a fuss. Be quiet. Do what we tell you. Be subservient. It wasn't that. It was kill other black people. That's right. Like it was, you know. And there's. A, hef- a heavy metaphor there, man, it made me start thinking about crack and the history of uh, great migrations and um, projects, the projects and post um, yeah. post Civil War Reconstruction and the failure of that, uh, mm-hmm. just all throughout American history, even before that, um, and it. It's uh it was really kind of hit me and I was like, that's nuts, man. Like it took me a, I, I immediately understood and processed it, but then I was like, shit, they went there. They did. You know, like they went there. And uh and the way that when he went to that woman who was sitting there, and when you when he came in, when Will walked down there first of all, the way the actor just doesn't even look at anything like he's seen it before, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. He,
0: he just, he was numb, right? That's so numb. Throughout.
1: That's right. He had seen it before. Yeah. That's crazy. And,
0: and it, cause it looked just like, I mean, it was like he, what happened outside of the theater. He was inside of, I know. The right. Beginning, wow. Right. Like it had come inside now. to that yeah. sacred space too. And you, he comes up to the woman and I thought she was going to say, look what they did to my husband. I thought that the Calvary, the clan had set a bomb off or something. I didn't understand what was going on. But yeah. then when she says I was watching the movie and I had these thoughts and the thought told me to hurt the black person next to me. Um, I, uh, and, and the guy there wasn't her husband got, she killed the dude, yeah, that was on the ground, and she was so
1: at least one person,
0: yeah, and she was crying about it and so and it was really moving um because when you think about people and oppression and you think about how and how will in a sense that was will, right, mm-hmm. when he hides himself. And allows the investigation to not be no movement on his investigation into Cyclops for for years. I mean, it looked as though he was hooded justice for five to seven years. His kid looked maybe around, what, around five years old or so? Yeah. You know?
1: So, yeah, at least. Maybe, so, maybe even older, maybe seven or eight.
0: Yeah. So that was a long time. So how many people died then? How many people did he... Kill because he heard the voice of that white guy, Captain Metropolis, saying, "No, we don't. That's not what we do, right?" Yeah. Uh, so I mean, and then he gives it to him in the end in the phone booth. But before that, he was giving him the the sweet talk because he really had mesmerized him.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a good
0: way of putting it. <laughs> he was powerful, man.
1: Yeah, it's. uh that was a powerful filmmaking. Um, so, yeah, just so this technology, I guess the question then becomes uh, at some point, Will falls off the earth. He's no longer a part of the Minutemen. He, this guy dies. He may have even put this guy in a river. I don't know. Uh, the straw man who they found, who they thought was Hooded Justice. Um, we don't know exactly what the circumstances are, but he disappeared. And so he must have. Either developed the technology himself, which but it seems more likely he enlisted somebody to help him. Um, Maybe you know what I mean because he obviously had it on the flashlight. (laughs) And what was also interesting, it doesn't it doesn't seem like the flashlight worked on Angela, or maybe maybe he didn't really try to use it. Maybe he was just flashing it. She told him to turn it off.
0: Oh wait a second! Oh yeah, that's right.
1: I don't know if it matters. Maybe it's just a little thing, but. Hey, do you, like think, he was, do you think that?
0: A second. Wait a second. Hey, Huss. <laughs> I got a theory. Okay, go ahead. You're right. He did flash the flashlight at Angela, didn't he? Uh-huh. And then she's standing there next to him. Yeah. Is it possible that he, ca- he had the flashlight at some point and we didn't see? And he said, when you get the pills, take them oh <laughs> just just trying to trying to close that loophole but is there could have he could there be more could have he given her some sort of suggestion that we don't know about yet that's that's
1: that's a very good way of yeah that's very possible and I like that
0: yeah because it we did possible. we did see him flat and we we don't know how yep. it works but um yeah my mind was kind of racing with. He gets the camera and those special crystals and the book, and it looks like it's – I think it was pre-World War II, right? Was
1: it? No, I don't think it was. was Oh, no, no. By
0: that time – okay, no, I'm wrong. By that time, it was post-World War II. It was like 47 or something, right? Okay. No, no, because – no, they because the Minutemen were in the fi- so okay maybe it was the fifties.
1: No, there were forties and fifties. Okay,
0: so regardless, sixty to eighty years ago or more, right? Yeah, that he was alive. He retired from uh, being hooded justice in the late mid to late fifties in in the Watchmen timeline.
1: Actually, it might have been late forties. I don't
0: even know. Okay, Rick, it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to be too pedantic about yeah. it, even though I do enjoy yeah. being pedantic. Um, I uh, just think about what was he doing all that time?
1: Raising it, his son, but yeah, he had to have been no, – Well,
0: he didn't raise the continuing. son.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. The son was, was taken
0: there. away. So. I mean, he continued well, to be the
1: first few years.
0: Yeah, yeah. He continued to be the hooded justice for, for a time. Uh-huh. And then there's also actually stories of later in their relationship, hooded justice being um physically abusive to captain Metropolis to turning it on suit. him. That's in the comic book and some of the addendum stuff in the comic. Um So, he disappears for all that time, and he has this ability. Did he, did he, like Judd and Keen and others, just agree to let it continue? Or was, did he have something to do with Nixon and the Watchmen and and Vite and everything we saw in the comic was somehow Will pulling the strings behind everything the entire time?
1: That would be absolutely insane.
0: You know, I mean, we know yeah. now that he has this ability to mesmerize. Could That's
1: right. Could he, he had to do something with it.
0: Could he? Could he mesmerize Doctor Manhattan? Did he create Doctor Manhattan? Did he make that oh. accident happen? I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I don't think that. I'm just kind of throwing yeah. it out there to yeah. go to the yeah. hugest lengths. Or mm-hmm. did he? go away from society. That's kind of, now that we know that that's when it's a oh man, like I wish each episode was like a couple hours longer. Cause I could have just kept on watching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His whole uh, life I, like that. Yeah, I know. It was so riveting. It was fun.
0: It was great. I mean, it stuff, was, uh, man.
1: It, yeah. I would have to say that that's, um, that was a game changing episode. It was just really well done. I yeah. loved it.
0: And you can see, you know what, Um, I've been seeing this more and I've been seeing some comments online and some articles and just talking to people about Watchmen. And in the beginning, I think it was right after episode one, when that interview came out and Damon said, or it was publicized because the interview had actually been done a few weeks before, I believe, that it might only be one season. Um mm-hmm. at this point I think you said it to me the other day. If this is only one season, I'm cool.
1: Yeah. This is That's so the deep. Way it.
0: You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is so deep and it's being done to perfection that if we only have 3 more episodes and it tells the story, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. So are we going to have Doctor Manhattan? We only have 3 episodes to get it done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we got no vite this episode. So
1: I know that was uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. a little different.
0: Well, I think uh, I think we reached the end, man. We um, we this is a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, shorter episode this week, but um, this was quite. I think this episode kind of really sticks with you. And I'll have more to say on uh, the episode with Roberto, and try to pick up a little bit of Easter eggs here and there. And like I said, I got a couple great emails that highlight. Um, I mean, overall, one thing I do want to give a nod to is the direction by Steven Williams, who was a Losty, worked and was a producer on Lost, and is an executive producer of this show. The guy is super talented. The way that everything worked together with the editing, the music was amazing as usual. Um, I especially love the, the woman uh, just, his mom kept on appearing playing the piano as he walked. It it was just like the whole episode editing the color The way things went in and out of color. I remember when Lori's face, when she was coming closer to her, like you could see little blotches of color, you know? Yeah. Like it was mixing. Just from a a filmmaking perspective and a production perspective, this was quite an achievement for television. Yeah, it really was. We kind of forget to say that these days because we're – kind of used to let's be honest can we all admit it by now that like tv is regularly better than the films that are in the theaters i mean i think that's pretty much the way it is these days right
1: yeah it's unfortunate i mean there are so many great filmmakers out there that are just not getting looked at and are not able to well, produce the and work.
0: popular in the theater because but, they, yeah right? that's you know right. it's yeah. just like music the internet killed popular music when you look i was looking uh at someone had a charts and it was showing who the number ones from 2000 on, you see that it's like, it goes from, you know, there was always popular songs, but they had more meaning, a little more substance. And then it's like, you hit 2000 and it's like McDonald's. (laughs) It's like the internet killed pop, but it made everybody be able to make an album at home. And now you see how that there's actually way more talent than yes. you ever thought possible.
1: Uh-huh. And who, people who would not have uh, had an opportunity to um, to actually produce music on their yeah. own without doing without the internet. So Same
0: thing with film, dude. The arts, yeah. you really see how creative humanity is. The internet has shown that, but it has dumbed down popular and that's why we have everything as IP and but hey, look. Watchmen is IP.
1: There's a lot of mesmerism going on in the media.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, let's, I mean, come on, dude. Once we start talking about it, that's why it's like, I've been listening to some podcasts and we were talking last night with Justin and, and hacks and you and I are talking and it's like you almost, you're, you kind of, it's not watching what you're saying. Cause we always t- speak honestly. It's just that you can so easily go down a rabbit hole because This show is so meta. Like, all this, all the comic book stuff is total mesmerism, man, right? Like, the way America is obsessed with a hero. We have to be saved, or or mm-hmm. right, or be great, or be awesome, yeah. or be not just be. Jesus not be, Christ is the original hero, right? There, <laughs> right? And look, and and there are many who would not are not happy with uh, the way uh, he is portrayed, or any religious fit. You, gosh, when you get into religion and mesmerism, you know oh, yeah. what I'm saying? It goes, you go down the rabbit hole, and yeah. but I think where that really leads you is to humanity, to the simple interactions we have between people and how you treat each person on a daily basis, right? Like Mr. Rogers type shit is what what it kind of brings you to, which is a good place. You know, like there is a lot of mesmerism out there, but there's also real people That's right. That touch you in your life and that you can be a part of their life too.
1: Yeah. Everybody go see the Mr. Rogers uh, movie. It's uh, we all of us could use a little bit of that in our life.
0: Yeah. And go watch lost.
1: Yes. And (laughs) leftovers.
0: Because that is really, I know we've talked a lot about Damon and DJ Tim Hines. I think we've done better. We're not talking. I told you it would calm down all the Damon love, but as Lindelof enthusiasts through his work on Lost and the Leftovers. And even when you look at things like Tomorrowland, Prometheus, there is a that is his kind of guiding principle, right? That it is the human, it is the simple human interactions, love, understanding, brother, that <laughs> that is real in this world. And the constructs are just those. And when you see them for what they are, you understand that when you walk into a building and you're, you know, paying a fine for a parking ticket, the person that you talk to is a person. They are not representative of that organization unless they see themselves in that way.
1: Yeah. Some people do.
0: But generally, if you treat them like a person then maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you get happy. And that's our lesson for today. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I said I wouldn't go down the rabbit hole. and There we went. Um, All right. That's all we got for today. Thank you for listening, everyone. Aaron, do you have any final words you want to say?
1: Happy Turkey Day. Or uh, if you don't like turkey, uh, veggie day. (laughs)
0: I don't know. That was terrible. (laughs) Happy veggie day. Happy veggie day. That's true. You don't want to kill the turkey. Yeah. Um, But thanks again, everyone, for the downloads, the reviews. Uh, The emails are amazing, man. We have got so many great emails this year. And um, I'll be back with Roberto not sure when we're recording that yet, but we're gonna we're gonna do it. It's gonna be fun and we'll dive a little deeper into this and some of the minutiae Easter eggs and your feedback. So if you have any feedback, please, please do write us at DVRpodcast at gmail.com. That is all. Peace out.